The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to another edition of Tag the Roll. This is your host, Mark Schindler. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, colleague, and friend, Jake Rosen. Jake, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. It's been a long week, as we were talking about. Uh, we're in the heat of draft stuff. I've been watching a lot of film, writing, um, having a great time doing it. So 
I'm good. It's I've been watching a lot of basketball, so definitely no complaints. Yeah, no, I love to hear that. I uh, I'm very much in the boat of I've been stuck doing other things, so I haven't gotten to watch back as much as I wanted to. Um, but we're still here. We're, I'm excited to talk. We have a, we have some fun stuff to dive into in this pod today. I also just want to say to anybody who has not seen it yet, we announced this on Twitter. Um, we're doing a live draft show the night of the draft starting at 7.30 p.m. Our, our guy, Kevin Rice, is going to be hosting that for us. We have not announced or finalized the guest list yet, something that we're, we're working on, but um, we definitely want you guys there with us. So if you uh, if you don't have anything that you're set to do during the draft and you're, uh, you're, you know, you're kind of tired of hearing Jay Billis talk about his shitty draft <laughs> comps, you can come listen to us instead. So uh, we will be there 7.30, June 23rd. Uh, you don't have to RSVP. Jake, uh, what are we talking about today, man? We are talking about the big men, and uh, I'm very excited about it. I think um, they're kind of scattered all throughout, I would say, the, the top 40 picks. Um, mm-hmm. I'd predict them to go. Uh, some different skill sets, some similar archetypes, but mm-hmm. um, I'm very excited to talk about them. I, I think bigs is tough. I, I think scouting bigs is probably my biggest weakness just because um, – the nuances that require bigs to be successful are kind of they can kind of go unseen to the naked eye on like especially on a first watch when you're not totally focused on them and i think i was guilty of that with some of the bigs um throughout this cycle so it was really nice to go back and you know focus on them individually um pick out strengths and weaknesses and uh, yeah i'm excited about this one I, I think this is a discussion that we've been wanting to have for a while and i think uh, it's a good compare and contrast exercise yeah, uh, who do you want to get started with today? Because I know we're talking three guys, four, three, four. I'm I'm comfortable talking three because that's why I have real takeaways. Um, if you want to mention Coloco, we can talk, talk about him Coloco just because. Yeah, yeah I I mean I like him. I like I had I, some days I really like watching Arizona, and some days I don't really like yeah. watching Arizona. I think it depends on what kind of lineups they were throwing out there on the floor. The non Kirkisa team didn't go great in my opinion despite him being hurt and not so good at the end of the year but mm. it made a lot more sense with him in there so we'll save coloco for last right, let's get started with Duran, uh someone who we've disagreed on throughout the cycle i think i'm gonna eat a little shit and say you were probably Good. right <laughs> he's very good no, he's very good i i do think he's made strides most notably as a playmaker which make it much it's making me much more inclined to buy in because I still don't necessarily believe in the self-created offense. His footwork needs some polishing. His size, like lack or size, a lack thereof, from a height standpoint, shows up when he tries to score in the low post and maybe take a dribble or two and finish in the paint. But the passing being there and some ball skills and some coordination for someone who I truly think is going to be a good defensive anchor at the five, uh, that makes the whole thing a, a much more worthwhile to me. Yeah, um, I'm glad that you've seen the light. Uh, I think, <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in all seriousness, though, uh, to me, like, he's somebody I'm doing a deeper project on. Um, should probably come out Monday. Um, finding the time to Sorry actually do that. it is going to be one thing, but it is coming out Monday. <laughs> um, but uh, he's somebody to me, like, I think out of all the prospects, I've probably watched him the most this year, just because I find him the most interesting. Like, to me, I think, like, I've um, – Ben and I, Ben, our guy Ben Pfeiffer, both like pretty confident Ben on the like, I think he should be included with the top four in this class as, as the fifth guy. Um, you can quibble with that, but I, I still am very comfortably there. Like for me, just, yeah, as, as it always comes down to the, 
the defensive tools and not just the tools, like his instincts his and some of the flashes of feel as a defender as well, while still also having a lot of room to grow is just kind of ridiculous. Um, like I still, I wouldn't bet on it, but I still think that it, there's a, there's a very non-zero chance that he ends up a better defensive player than Chet. Like, I don't, I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility. Um, to me, he's the second best defensive prospect in the draft behind Chet. Um, and like you're mentioning with offense, I think to me it's interesting too because a lot of what painted my vision for 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 during this year was watching him at Montverde um, and seeing more of the ball skills and playmaking. And I, I definitely agree. Like the actual self-created attempts, like that's something I have real questions about. Like, is there? I don't think he needs a floater or anything like that. But is there? You know, confidence in, in any kind of post game developing. Like I do think like he's somebody I. Again, like I think we've said this before in the pod, I don't care if he tries to shoot threes. Like, I just don't think the defense is going to care. So why should I? Um, I but I do think like it's feasible that he becomes like a 40% jump shooter on like, you know, 10 to 16 feet. And that's enough to me where like, if you can at least like make people think and uh, then attack off the drive, like I think that there's coordination there to do that. And that, that makes me really interested. But again, like he's still a very one-handed finisher, which is going to be a problem at times, but he's, He's one of the guys who, because he's so young and it, like he's somebody I would I would be willing to lean um, a little harder into just because of that. I do think where he nets out in that short mid range, in the actual mid range, I think that's going to carry a ton of weight for yeah. where you, he ultimately falls in. Let's say a redraft because right now, what you're like the defense is absolutely there. I do want to like go into a deeper dive on the defense and talk about how fucking amazing it is like him getting at the level he's super mobile he can slide with anyone i would i'm comfortable switching him honestly like i think that's maybe not all the time but i definitely think that's something that you could have in your arsenal when you're playing him at the five coverage versatile you can get to the level and the room protection stuff and his tool like he's only i think it's only six nine and a half but it doesn't it legitimately does not matter he because plays like he's seven feet tall yeah he's definitely somebody what? of talking about like actual functional size and strength it doesn't matter given his standing reach, his quick pop time, the vertical explosion, wingspan, all of that stuff. Like it does not matter on the defensive end. Offensive end is a little bit different. And the reason why, despite me coming around on him and I get it more, I guess, in the top five, I still wouldn't do it though, because I don't necessarily buy the offensive upside. And even if the class outside of your top three or four isn't as great, I still would prefer, I think, to go with other creator type prospects or like, even if they're just complimentary, complimentary creators like Johnny Davis or someone like AJ, but I've definitely risen on Duran a lot and has become someone this for certain teams and just in general that I'd prioritize in the mid lotto. I do think the offense, like does he have a floater in the short? Cause I, the passing is ridiculously good there. And he legitimately had games of low feel early in the year. So like mm -hmm. we talk about in season progression with Ivy make the same you have to apply the same lens to him and it can't you can't say oh it's fluke like he legitimately grew as a playmaker and saw things much saw things much quicker got much more i would say precise with his passing like even obviously he was capitalizing advantages like there were other post passes then this is remnants reminiscent of what you saw at Montverde, where he didn't even need a full stop advantage to capitalize on like he was picking out little windows and even if they, like one of them ended in a turnover or some of them still had skip passes picked off, like, but I'm comfortable with him, like with him throwing those passes and like, I'm okay and content with a few of the turnovers here and there, 
because I do like seeing him like actually seek out those windows. No one else is throwing those. Like none of these other bigs are throwing those passes. That like Mark has ball skills in a different way. I'd say as like a finisher and with the floaters and post touch, but he's not throwing those kind of passes at all. And so I do think Durant's projection as a short roll guy, as someone who can prey on uh, rotated defenses and I don't know the shooting. I don't love it. I don't love his mechanics. I don't love the arc. I don't necessarily love the touch either, but he does take them and he has made a few. So again, we're not talking about a complete non-shooter. I don't think, even though the free throw percentage was really bad, if I recall correctly. So, but I, I do think where he stands as a score, other than being a straight up lob threat is going to significantly move the needle one way or another with, with his old eventual um, production. Yeah, no, I I don't really have anything to add to that. I I completely agree with that, and I think like like you mentioned too, I think a lot more he's going to be a guy who's trying to capitalize on just having the willingness as a jump shooter rather than being a good one. Um, yeah. Like I don't I don't know if I'd say that his like I don't I'm I'm not like enough of a mechanics person to say that it needs like a total rework or anything. But like you mentioned, his shot's kind of flat. He doesn't get a high arc on his. I mean, he doesn't get a ton of lift on his shot in general. Um, so especially you know playing the five that does make people like eh, you know, but. Um, regardless, I do think getting it to a level where like, okay, if somebody does have to try and block your shot instead of, um, instead of just sagging off you, that'll be interesting. But yeah, 100%. Um, where, where do you, you go before? To? Oh yeah. Well, before we totally move on from him, I do want to highlight the defense a little bit because I feel like it's, it's so good. We kind of just brushed over it a bit and like, yeah, yeah it's incredible. Um, where do you envision that he can be maximum? I think him being maximized is the ability to play multiple coverages at once and throw different looks at the offense on a possession by possession basis. Where do you think he'll, if you had to pick one coverage, where do you think he would excel the most? Uh, I think to me, obviously it depends on opponent strengths, weaknesses and all that. But if you were to kind of gun to your head, pick one, I know it's a tough question. No, I don't, I don't think, um, I think to me, he's playing at the level or around it. Like, I don't think that he's necessarily a, um, a straight up switch big or anything like that. But like, that's also noting, like, he's going to have that in his bag, in my opinion. Like, I think he's going to be somebody yeah. who you can switch, um, at, you know, in time. Like, I think he already has the tools now, but I think it's just more consistency is what, I, what I'm getting at, um, Playing at the level, though, like his length is so good. He's pretty aggressive playing out. Um, I would be interested to see more of him, like, getting to do things as a, as a hedger and, you know, uh, and trapping ball screens, too, because I do think that's something that I didn't love from him. Like, I think, you know, his uh, how he reconnects on the back end after after coming out and hedge is something I want to see improve for sure. Um, but, yeah, I think just based on where he's at skill-wise right now, like, you can definitely play him in, in like – more center field or, or in a shorter drop too. But I think I would most be interested to see him play at the level. I agree with you. And I was like, kind of hoping you'd say that because I do from a tools perspective, the clips I have of like Duran slide and SWAT are wild. And that's why I would feel comfortable pushing him to the level and offering some resistance uh, for guys at one at the three point line, assuming that's where the screen is being set. And two in the mid range area, like that's to me, that's the biggest beneficiary of him as a pick and roll defender is his comfort playing in space and not only like his comfort recovering. And even if you do get a step 
he's going to be right on, he's going to be right behind you and you, you're not going to be able to just lay it up. Like he's going to pin that. Um, So I definitely think getting him to the level, allowing him to disrupt, as you said, like get, gaining reps and comfort. I do think that's where Chet probably or definitely excels as just like a feel guy and knowing how to operate in space and knowing when to commit, where to commit, where to show himself and where to kind of stay central. But Dern's tools are just so outlier good. And the production combined with, his athleticism it's a pretty wild projection standpoint yeah i mean that makes two of us and i think the biggest thing for me too um like his ability to cover ground and it's not just covering ground it's like he can be because uh memphis would switch a ton this year so like he could be switched on to somebody in the weak side slot and like come over and block somebody who's driving from the from the strong side corner like he like multiple times this year like um, I want to say it was uh, the game, the game against Murray State. He just had like some ridiculous yeah. defensive plays. Um, and it's, it's multiple games where he's doing stuff like that. Like I just, yeah, the tools, the instincts, it's uh, it is very hard to not be excited about who's going to be in the NBA. I agree. Uh, you want to talk about Mark? Yeah. Um, talk about my namesake. So the tallest player in the draft. <laughs> um, I, uh, how do we want to start this one? I'm I think I can help start and frame the conversation yeah. because Mark I was kind of subtweeting Mark in the beginning when I was talking about not necessarily picking up on the subtleties maybe whether they be positive or negative uh, especially on a Duke team because they were overwhelming to scout this year like undoubtedly my favorite team to watch but you have five potential first round picks and like that's a lot for your, your brain to analyze at once and the one who wasn't being asked to do the heavy lifting on offense was Mark Williams. And he won as a play finisher, uh, especially on dunks. I, I still remain intrigued by his touch as like yeah. a post guy and in the short, in the short mid range. Like, I think that is where he excels over someone like Duran and the other bigs in this class. However, I, I do think I kind of underestimated his physical tools and, the hindrance that it brings upon him on both ends of the floor. Um, offensively, he gets pushed off his spot a lot. Like even when he's trying to post, you you can see like where he, I took two screenshots. I meant to tweet them. I just never got around to it. Where he starts his initial post and where he actually catches the ball is like a tangible four to five feet difference. And I don't think you're using him as a post hub regardless, but this happened plenty of times on the roll. When, when he's going on the roll, he's catching. And I think, and I, again, I like his ability to maybe put the ball on the ground once and hit a nice floater. Or I don't think everything needs to be a dunk despite his large volume of those this year. However, I do think I kind of conflated his ability to take one dribble and hit an off balance touch push shot without really understanding that, oh, anytime he kind of runs into contact, he gets thrown off his course. Um, so I think the offense with Mark is, I came away being a little bit lower. And then I do want to add some nuance to the defense as well. Like I, I kind of throw it to you on the defense because I don't want to ramble a ton, but even just now, like this morning, I was uh, engaging with a few people on Twitter talking about Mark. And cause I do think like he's had good moments guarding the perimeter. Like he has um, and sliding and doing all that. I do think it's a little misinterpreted as to like why he's having success there and the translatability of that. Um, yeah, lots of unpack here. I think, um, 
The number one thing that I would hit on, like I do want to hit on the offense too. I, I think I'm right there with you. Like he definitely, and this pertains to the defense as well. His base is so high. Um, so high. Yeah. And he's very high hips. Um, like I do think that he has some hip fluidity, but I also think that he's just a very stiff athlete in general, which makes me, you know, like I think that's a big reason for why he gets pushed off of his spot. And like, that's a big reason why like Jalen Dern doesn't get pushed off his spot as much. Like he still did because like he could kind of lose focus and engagement when he was doing stuff. But Point being, um, I'm there with you. The touch, very interested by it. Same, same as you. Defensively, though, I think because if you're like like the question you asked about Durant, where are you most comfortable with him playing? I mean, I think for me with Mark Williams, it is pretty. I don't want to say strictly in a drop. Like I think he has some I moments of being able to play at the level, but I think it's a lot more situational. Um, just because I don't know. I don't know if. I don't know if I'd put him at the level. Like, I think well, yeah. he's... No, I'm not saying comfortable doing it, but, like, I think, like, okay, yeah. if you have, you have, like, a three running a secondary pick and roll, okay, I can understand you coming and playing at the level. If you're playing up against, like... I mean, let's say if he's playing at the level against Jay Knight, hell no. But, I mean, like, you don't want that for anybody <laughs> if we're being... That's not a very good comparison. So, you don't want that for anybody. That's not... That's a that's a very goalpost shifting. Sorry for that. Um, But point being, like, I think I would have trouble with playing him at the level against a lot of guards in the NBA right now. Um, Like, especially ones that are good at just putting on the Jets and getting to the rim, because there are a lot of those guys. I That's something I would be very interested by, because I do think there are a lot of moments where his hips just kind of he has to open his hips to try and and like he's not a very good backpedaler in my opinion um I don't know if you would agree with that but I think just in general yeah. oh yeah go ahead no I was just saying like I don't love his ground coverage when we're talking about like from the three-point line recovering back to the rim I, yeah. I think where we've seen him be like a very effective and this is why I don't I, I think like Yes, you can, you can play him in your drop. I do think he is coordinated enough where, like we see all the time when you're running drop, you're just, in, like some bigs are just going to concede a mid-range and it's like clockwork. I don't think, I think he has the ability to resist that a little bit. Like yeah, I think no, he can sure. inch up, I think he can inch up to the second level and kind of muddy up that in-between game. Like if you get off a floater or a pull-up against Mark, I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think he's going to let you just walk into it. And where I do like him is, let's say, recovering from the foul line to the rim, where it's only going to take like one or two steps and he can just be huge because he is stiff and he has, like in stark contrast to Duran, it takes him a little bit to load up as a leaper, but he is coordinated and like he can, if he just has to take one or two strides, he's going to cover that ground. What I don't love, as you said, like him backpedaling and fully recovering. But I think the less space you give him, it's like, Hey, Mark, just like, this is your territory. Um, Like free throw line and in, or you know, mid range, like a little bit in the mid range and in, this is your territory. And like, just cloud this up as much as possible. Like, I think he can do that. Um, but I definitely think he's less coverage versatile. And I think he does get pitched as uh, as like this m extremely mobile big, because I think it's it's tough to decipher the coordination from like the actual tools. But yeah, I I'm with you. I don't necessarily, I don't think he's like a run and jump athlete. I just think on both ends of the floor, he's extremely coordinated. And I think you see that on his catches, on, like his lob radius is huge. And he's had some wild catches and it's not like Duran where Duran will go up and like get a lob and throw it down with one hand but like he's had some really bad passes thrown his way and he's somehow able to like corral them and then go up which I like and I think that's a very valuable micro skill um but yeah I, I do think the defense 
could you like it's tough i think he's more coordinated and ginormous than mobile if that makes sense no i think that's a good way to put it like he's so good like he i wouldn't necessarily say that i'd call him like quick twitch but like yeah his upper body moves really well like he's so good at like you mentioned like just like uh the amount of times that you can just look at this year where he's like um playing up uh you know like right above the restricted area and just kind of reaches back and stops something because somebody cuts baseline um like he erases anything in the paint because he's so good at, at you know using his length um but I'm, I'm there with you like and even when, when i started playing at the level earlier i mean like four or five feet off like he's not yeah, like yeah, yeah, not yeah. somebody that i think can come up and play like right at the level so i should have said it differently but um i think we're in the same boat like i just think that there's what were you gonna say i was going to um what was i going to say i completely go keep talking while i was going <laughs> to cut you off and then I no, you're good um <laughs> yeah. go ahead. no we're, no yeah i think i see it the same like obviously there are moments where you can you know like you could get away with doing some things like i think kind of you you uh just to pull off like another ramble here um you had a really good tweet yesterday on Jaden Ivey and he had like a, a floater off of a pick and roll and was like is this good process and I think I did gave my typical response uh first a joke and then a really serious one um and my mine was just like I think we get like way in the weeds of like is this good is this good is this bad and there's like never gray area involved and I think so often especially on defense like there is a lot of gray area involved and no it's never going to be perfect but I think it's more just you know looking at this on a on like what the consistent level we think is going to be at. And I think that's, that's just the important way to, to kind of consider it that derailed towards the end, but you get what I'm saying. Um, So like, yeah, your, well, your response is my favorite, favorite response. I'm not just saying that because we're on the podcast right now. Mm -hmm. It it was, and that was my tweet. It's that I understood the people that were like, this is fine. You know, this could be better. He didn't need to put him in jail for, we're not rambling. This is bad podcasting because we're rambling about a clip that is you people aren't seeing right Just now imagine in front of you yeah basically the clip is jay Ivey comes off a ball screen has an option to get downhill and just blow past the big but there is someone in the in the strong side corner that could potentially dig so he puts his guy in jail and sidesteps to a floater the big does not contest ivy misses it and falls down and i viewed that as good process i like seeing that from ivy um i like seeing the conscious effort to seek out winning in other ways that isn't just straight line speed blow by with my tools so but i thought that was fascinating and i loved your response because no one the people that said it was poor process one didn't want to acknowledge that his big man zach Eady rolled into him and that the shooters relocated in the wrong place one relocated out of his peripheral and the other one was a ridiculously difficult pass through two defenders and Edie. so like given that those options were thwarted, what he did, I, in my opinion, is a good end result. Not every op possession is going to be maximized to the fullest points per possession. I think that's the same thing on defense. And we'll say that for Mark, like not all of it. And I think this was a point you're trying to make is that it's not all perfect. He isn't the most nimble who's going to flip his hips and, and beach to a spot all the time. But what he is, is he's, freaking huge like he is ginormous on the court and we talk about margin for error a lot he has a ton of margin for error because mm-hmm. as you said those possessions where he's just gonna like turn around take one step and erase something and that's what i was gonna say when i was cutting you off is like he's duran is very functionally athletic and so he plays bigger than he is mark is huge and 
I would say like plays as big as he is. Um, Definitely not, maybe not from a strength perspective because he is getting pushed off his spot spot and he is like not frail, but isn't the uh, most burly big and, and does have high hips, as you mentioned, but if we're talking about erasing shots and contesting and altering his presence is super loud around the ring. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm, I'm right there with you. I love what you talked about with margin for error. Like, um, I do think what's really interesting is uh, trying to figure out, um, you know, like how he plays against a team that is super pick and roll heavy that has really good pull up shooters, but also that's, you know, a problem for, for future days. But I do think that is a, it is something interesting to think about. Um, but yeah. Do you want to move on to our next guy? Um, yeah, sure. Let's do Walker Kessler. Um, I think, I mean, I think I know like Walker is the guy that I'm probably the lowest on out of these three. And honestly, I might say out of these four, um, I, I, I mean, by the way, out of, I I'm comfortable saying out of the four, I'm lowest on him. Yeah. I mean, and I, I don't mean that to be unfair. I do. I just have some questions about him offensively. A lot of questions about him offensively right now. Um, like he's pretty mobile defensively, but I do. And granted, like, to be fair, Fouling is a problem for a lot of bigs coming into the NBA. I don't mean that to make it sound like he's the only player who's ever fouled the shit out of somebody. But, I mean, I'm watching him, and with especially with how aggressive he can be, and a lot of times over-aggressive, um, I do think staying on the court is going to be an issue for him early in the NBA. And I am not sure that the offense is good enough to um, – be something that the that a lot of teams are just excited about um like I, obviously he can he can finish at the rim he's he's a capable lob catcher um i want to call him like an amazing lob threat but I, again he's like he's tall as shit he's got pretty solid hands and catch the ball um he did have like to be fair i think earlier in the year i was a lot lower on him as a as a short role playmaker i still don't think that it's like something i would pinned down as like one of his uh, best skills right now. But I do think he showed some stuff there to make me think that that's, that's coming in time and it's going to just take more reps to get there. But I do think like, to me, I don't know that I really, I mean, where are you at with his like intermediate game? I mean, I just don't, as you said, I don't think the offense is there. Um, I don't really see him as a big time vertical threat, like despite probably being legit seven footer, he's not very explosive. And I think you really have to buy the shooting, which I, I don't, don't really. Yeah. yeah. So, I, well, and I think that's I his, on, that's his different, go ramble. Yeah. I also don't think he's very mobile, by the way. Like, I, I think he's kind of slow and struggled in space. Yeah. I, um, let me, let me die. I'll digest that one for a second. I, so for, uh, just as far as the jumper, I just like, I understand that like some of the trail threes this year were very cool. I do think that that's something like I can definitely see him hitting threes in the NBA. But my thing is just like, this is very much so, and I'm not trying to get on a soapbox, but I just, uh, I struggle with this one because I think a lot of, I mean, we've talked about this before. I get so tired and annoyed of the like, oh, there's no place for bigs in the NBA. You can just get a, a like a starting level center off the scrap heap. Well, that's not true. First and foremost, like just, that's just utter bullshit. Second of all, like Walker is coming in with a lot of the problems and even just projecting his skill set that we're talking about with some of these guys. Like, I, I think that's what I find a little bit confusing with him as a prospect, because I just, 
the jumper is not something that I believe in being something that the defense is ever going to care about because it has to get to a level, not just on efficacy, but on, on actual volume that the defense is going to care. And okay. If he does draw closeouts, then what? Like, yeah. I, I, that's the point. That's, the I mean, point. granted and- that is a, like, it's a fair thing. Like, okay. If Walker Kessler becomes a 35, 36% shooter on five or six times per game. Amazing. Um, that's that's definitely an an interesting and solid NBA player to me, but again, like I just that so I wasn't trying to do too much mental math there, but it is something like I just think the jumper gets talked about like it means a lot more than it does to me right now, and I I don't know I'm just not there. I he's also like I I'm I mean let me I just want to like get this right, but I don't recall that he shot like a very good percentage on them. Um, so I think it was it better be, as the year closed out. I'm looking it up right now. I mean, yeah, I'm also looking it up. So, but it was still pretty low volume. Um, 25% from three and 53 from the line. So, shooting 20% from three as a freshman and 60% from the line as a freshman at UNC. So, uh, that's your shooting projection. I don't know. Combined with the time it takes to load it up, it's not necessarily versatile. And it's what you said, is the defense going to care? I don't think the defense is going to care. Um, I don't think this is – maybe he stretches the defense if the uh, percentage jumps, as you noted, and you can play five out and flare him into space as a pick-and-pop big man. But even then, is is the as you said, like is the defense going to hold up? Is he going to be able to stay on the floor? Um, maybe it doesn't necessarily matter as much because you're projecting him as a bench utility big anyways, so he has six fouls to play around with. But I, I don't know, man. I, it's – I, he was the rim protection stuff. He was just huge. Like he's ginormous and playing against college guards who don't necessarily know how to handle that. And like, he deserves credit for being vertical and having good timing around the rim. But I, I don't know. It, it's, I don't, I'm not necessarily there with the tools. I don't think there's much defensive versatility there. And as you said, I don't see a ton in the in-between game. I don't buy the shot. And so now we're talking about uh semi ground bound, vertical lob threat who can protect the rim but not very like i don't trust him playing in space at all really well what's hard to and again i i'm not meaning to make this sound like i have some gripe against walker kessler i still think like he's a he's a quality nba prospect but like just again talking on the jumper projection um how many jump shots do you actually think he took including mid-range this year uh 40 or including mid-range yeah. Yeah. 45, 38 it took 38 shots total um, that were jumpers this year. It took nine, nine, no, I mean, 10 jumpers inside the arc. So it's like, it's different because I think even like going back and looking at past guys, like miles Turner was somebody who didn't really shoot a ton of threes when he was in Texas, but he took a ton of pick and pop jumpers in the mid range and just spot ups and catch and shoot. So it's like, again, there's just like less to build off of. So I don't know. It's, it's tough, but um, I do want to say, like, I probably feel a little bit better about the defense you do, like, not amazingly. Like, I, I think I would call him, like, decently mobile for his size, especially considering he's a seven-footer. Um, like, I, I, he is somebody, like, I felt, that, like, better about him on hedges and, like, not that Duke really did that that much, but, like, he was really good playing out aggressively on screens. Granted, like, you know, asking how things are going to reconnect on the back end is different, um, but – I don't know. I feel like there's a little bit more there with him, but um, again, I, I still think we're mostly in the same, same boat. Yeah, I agree. You want to move on to Coloco uh, as the final big? Yeah, for sure. Also, is that 
Can you hear that lawnmower in the background? Um, I don't think so. Okay, perfect. I wanted to make sure because it's very loud on my end, but I couldn't. I, I like I can hear it a little bit in the distance, but yeah. perfect. I, it's not um, a big deal. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. So Christian Coloco is somebody who I, he's harder for me. Cause like, I like him actually quite a bit, especially going back and watching Arizona again for Benedict Matherin, just to go back through more stuff. Like I came away just like really enjoying Christian Coloco. Um, his defense is very legit to me. Like, I think he's somebody not that he's going to be a, like a day one positive or anything, but I think he's somebody who I wouldn't be shocked if he sees a decent amount of court time next year, just as like a backup, like coming in playing energy minutes. Um, like he, I don't think that I'd consider him like a legit switch big now, but I do think he has, he had flashes of showing the ability to become that guy, in my opinion. Like, again, not like saying that he's full on switching one through five, but I do think he's somebody like in a pinch. You can be like, okay, I'll take this or, okay, we'll, we'll, if, if our guy gets burned on a really hard screen, we're going to peel switch this and you're going to take it and funnel it to the nail. And then, you know, like, I think that there's a lot more there with him. Um, awesome as a rim protector, although he's like, how would you classify him as a rim protector? I mean, I think he's very good there. No. Yeah, no, for sure. But like, I mean, like, how do you feel about his load time? Like, um, not like, the problem is I always compare him like, yeah, they're not Jalen Duran. Like most guys aren't Jalen Duran. So I, I do think he's a little Mark Will-ish. I do think he's better. Um, definitely better than Walker Kessler here. I, I just like him because I think he's much more mobile. As you said, I think the coverage versatility and playing out in space is definitely much better than Kessler. And for me, I think my hangup with Coloco is the offense. It's, it's still super raw, but um. I, I think defensively, especially as a rim protector, um, playing in that middle area, I do like he's he's mobile. As you said, the defense itself is legit, um, was one of the best rim protectors in the country while still flashing the, you know, the capacity to be, well, quote unquote, a modern big and, uh, you know, getting guard stuff, get a little bit away from the rim. I think what I'm willing to hang my hat on with Coloco is that I truly believe in the defense to a degree that like I don't with Walker. So as someone who's not entirely enthralled with either of them on offense, I'd rather just, as I said, hang my hat on Coloco's defense and hope the offense, like he has improved on offense, uh, especially as like a lob threat. He like is someone who had struggled catching the ball earlier in his career at Arizona. Mm -hmm. Um, So even catching, coming down with it and then going back up, like that's still an improvement. Um, Yes, it's a very low bar, but science of improvement. Um, where do you think, what do you think about the offense? Because I, I do think I agree with you. I, I think it's easy to see him maybe getting picked in the late first, early second, and some team bringing him off the bench and him doing some things as a, just a lot, pure lob catcher as, an, as a rookie or second year and playing very good defense. And I think people could maybe be like, oh, Coloco is a steal. Um, but I don't know what the eventual ceiling outcome looks like if like I, I think what we see of him initially could be very similar to like who he is throughout his career I, that might seem a little harsh and naive but I do think um he's very far away on offense yeah no I would agree with that and that's what's uh that's what's interesting too because I really like uh he's an interesting case study for me like developmentally like is it better to have somebody who can see the floor instantaneously and and 
get the chance to maybe rep some things out offensively because I do think like he's going to be a legit damaging offensive player to start his career. I do think yeah. like um, I do think that the defense can outweigh that to a point, but I think it's going to really, again, be team dependent. Who's, you know, who is your ball handler? Who is your, who is your lead playmaker? What does that look like? Um, so I do think like there's a chance that he could look really good. There's also a chance, like, again, like I think the offense could be really destructive if he's on the wrong team to start his career. Um, but again, like that's part, part of what makes it interesting because I think like, obviously like, okay, like, I, I don't think this is what's going to happen. Like if the Suns do trade DeAndre in a way and they, they get back somebody who isn't a big, let's say, and they take Christian Cloak. Like I legitimately think like there would, again, funny because it would be him just staying in Arizona, but like, um, like, I think that there's a legitimate chance like Christian Coloco could play for the Suns next year and be their backup center and be fine. Like, cause we saw that happen this year with like, I think that he could be a better player next year than Bizback Biamba was this year. That's not asking a whole ton. If, if we're being <laughs> keeping it a buck, like I think he'd be a better defender. Yeah. Um, but again, like you're mentioning, like he's probably a more like he's, he's got more as a lob and vertical threat, but he's a more limited offensive player than Bizback Biamba right now. And that is tough. Um, because Bismack Biambo is probably the worst offensive center in the league. So point being, like, yeah, like you mentioned, the hands even like could be a problem this year at times. The touch isn't awesome if he's not right at the rim. And even then, like he was good because he was able to get fouls. But how did you feel about him finishing through contact? Because I don't really think that that's no, I, I just think he's still very raw and yeah. you see it. Um he's a few years away if it ever comes these developments as we were talking about and i do think this is where mark deserves a lot of credit this isn't easy like if everyone and i think this is what we we've discussed with chet and i think it's under appreciated like if all if all seven footers could just finish at an 80 percent clip within four to five feet of the rim they would but they don't like coloco doesn't do that walker doesn't do that and duran has this i mean he's at seven feet but these big men have their fair share of issues there. So like, I do think that's a big appeal for Mark is being able to hit those uh, turnaround hooks and push shots. Even if you don't Mm -hmm. plan on posting him up when he like being able to catch it there and not needing to be directly at the rim to score or punish the defense that really, really matters. So Chet is in a completely different tier than these guys, but I do think that's an area of his offense that is underrated. So turning it back to Coloco, I don't necessarily trust him away from the rim at all. Even if it's, three to four feet as you said the touch isn't great coordination isn't great like he's just still super raw um but great physical tools especially on defense like I really do like the defense he was incredibly effective all year long so I I think there's a good point you said it's going to be very team context dependent because like the less you ask him to do the better uh, on offense so if if the role is play good defense which I do think he can do like I think um he has he had a lot of moments and for the majority of the year, like that looked like someone who could defend effectively on an NBA floor. Um, But it is the offense that I think is going to take a while to come around if it ever does come around. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Um, Well, Jake, does this, does that wrap it up for us? Yeah. I don't necessarily have anything else to say on the bigs. I I do think they're a fun group and I enjoyed scouting them. As I said, it's, tough for me I like I was a guard when I played all the reads I know are guards obviously you know when to you're supposed to slide and how to protect and maybe getting up into the level and playing different coverages but I do think bigs are tough for me at least I'd be curious where you sit on this I think this is like a good ending point because um I I, I found that 
I saw a lot of things that I didn't previously see throughout the year when I really honed in and focused on them. Um, for guys not named Jalen Duran, it kind of left me feeling with, uh, a little uninspired and left me with a sour taste in my mouth. But I, I do think it's necessary. And I, I think, as you said, like you can't just get us a, a big anywhere. Um, teams really struggle with having a backup big and sometimes a, a starting big that can play effectively in the league. And I think um, this is a good class and next year as well uh, of big men. And I'm excited to get better as an evaluator when it comes to uh, this type of player. So it's interesting. I actually, I feel opposite from you. I think that I'm better at understanding bigs than I am understanding guards right now. Like I just feel a lot better at, at reading things defensively than I do not that I'm bad at, at looking at things offensively, but I think I'm still learning a lot. Of this this season has been really big for me and learning a lot more about offense and and playmaking and pacing and, and how ball handlers see the game. Um, and I still want to learn a lot more with it. But I think like I came up in very really really life. fun and really fun and rewarding class for you to uh, <laughs> dig in with handlers yeah, and playmakers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's just funny because like my my main exposure to getting a lot more understanding with basketball was watching miles turner evolve from like somebody who was super mm -hmm. foul prone and really struggled to be an impact player outside of his shot blocking to becoming somebody who was like at his best one of the best all-around defenders in basketball so like i think to me like that really helped me with finding that balance but um yeah still trying to trying to balance out where i'm at on both sides of the ball but yeah it's a it's a fun process for sure Absolutely. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And definitely, I do want to rebump our live draft show. I'm very excited yes. about that. Me I was too. talking, I was talking with someone. Uh, it was our good friend, Brad Roland um, over at Locked on the Hawks, who's the best guy. Um, and we, I was telling him about the live show. And I feel like, yeah, I think but once we're in the teens, it's just going to be every pick. We're just going to have like the reaction, the reaction meme where you're sitting on the bench and it's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like it is the, my board is so fluid um, throughout yeah. the teens. I think it could get wild because um, there is no consensus. Uh, yeah. I don't think there's a consensus at least. So I'm very excited for that. Um, we're going to be producing takes on the spot that certainly won't res result in um, being freezing cold in a couple of years. I'm sure there will be no bulletin board material produced, but uh, I hope to see you guys there. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. No, 100%. Well, Jake, this was great to everyone listening. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to go rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We want to hear from you and get your feedback. Um, let us know who you want to see on the draft show. We may not invite them on just because you want them to, but we, uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be excited either way. That sounded so shitty. I didn't mean it like that. But uh, most importantly, <laughs> have a good rest of your day. And thank you for listening.